Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs with DraftKings Same Game Parlays? Same Game Parlays? You can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and draw your cash whenever you want. To get in on this, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Let's get to the show. to you all uh welcome to episode 72 of water hockey brought to you by DraftKings as part of the texas i have never stopped doing that for some reason the hockey podcast network please make sure to head over and follow us on instagram and twitter at water hockey as well as on facebook under the same name it has uh boys it's been a few weeks since we've sat down with all the french fries but but we felt like this was the time for us to do so as as it is it's over it's over this is the end. No, not the end of the show. The 2021-2022 Water Hockey season of fun. Uh, all of our hockey friends, all of us, it's officially come to an end. Elvis, the Allen Americans, and now the Dallas Stars have wrapped up their seasons. So we are going to break down the Dallas Stars today. But before we do, please make sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so we can continue to reach out. To the most people possible. That's a new part of the intro. Welcome. We're evolving. I've yeah. never heard that hey, before. I like that. Charizard. Charizard. Now. I like that a lot. You guys know what's next. So let's send it over to the boys. See how life has been since our live recording with Tom Hodges at Northside Draft House, which was amazing, by the way. So first and foremost, Patrick, how have you been? How are you coping after the Sunday loss, season-ending loss to the Calgary Flames, in which we will get to here in just a moment? I'd be doing a lot worse if the Mavs didn't thoroughly embarrass the Suns. That really took the sting out of uh, an amazing performance for Modinger that we'll get into later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, Other than that, man, it's been a lot going on. Went to Arizona for my cousin's bachelor party. That was a lot of fun. He got me a Luka Doncic jersey as a thank you. For... It's now 3-1. and one. War... war... That for games three and four wins. Didn't wear it for game five. No, I did wear it for game five when they lost. Didn't wear it for six. Washed it to get the stink of uh, the L off. And also because I wore it like the entire time in Arizona. And uh, (laughs) then a win in game seven. So let's keep the mojo rolling. Yeah, keep the mojo rolling. Keep the mojo a rolling. And then last weekend... Steve and I were split in different directions. She went to Oklahoma for a graduation. I drove down to Austin for a wedding and back in the same day. Oof. What? Yeah. 
Why? Yeah, I, Why would you do that to yourself? Because I, I, I wanted to go, but I since I was gone all the weekend prior, I wanted to just sleep in our bed. Um, that's totally fair. Yeah, and I knew if I stayed, I didn't really if I want stayed to there. That. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> I didn't want to not sleep in my bed, and um, I knew if I went and stayed the whole time, I was just gonna get shit canned, hammered. Have to leave my car at the venue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uber back to um, Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there so? There's a story about some guy who like basically got slammed and like thought he was Ubering home to his home in whatever city he lived in, but he Ubered back home to his parents' house and passed out in the car and woke up with like an $800 charge in front of his parents' house. And he, there, the <laughs> Uber driver was like, dude, we're here. Mm. Glad you didn't yeah. do that, Patrick. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I actually made it through Waco on the way back without incident, but then a box truck decided they did not want to exit, so they tried to swerve over back onto 35 and just annihilated the guardrail they were right there at that section of of 35 north just south of dallas where it goes down to like one lane suddenly Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. his truck was blocking that entire thing so it took me 45 minutes to go probably three quarters of a mile it was a lot of fun now in comparison before we kick it over did you let out more expletives in that 45 minutes or after the stars got eliminated on Sunday, would you say give or take? Uh, neither. I actually let out the most expletives when I actually made it to the tollway and I was already tired of driving and there were three cars across all three lanes doing exactly 65, which you just wait, love to see. Wait, this is this on the tollway that goes around Austin or the tollway here in Dallas? DNT. Oh, okay. Okay. People were going the speed limit on DNT. That is infuriating, even more so when you do it on the tollway that's going around Austin to get to San Antonio. For me, I go see San yeah. people in San yeah. Antonio a lot. Because if you're not doing 85 on that, at least you, you are don't deserve. Past. Yeah, oh, you was, don't deserve yeah. to be on that road. Yeah, you're talking about uh, one, right? One, mm-hmm. No, it's like 190, it's or 190 that? or 180 or it's one. It's one of those, but it literally. Yeah, one yeah it goes like past uh, Teslaville. Uh, Elon Musk's uh, yep. summer home in Austin, which is like 900 billion thousand square feet. If you haven't, haven't seen it, it's I haven't been down there yet since they did that, and I need to go. Let's put it like this you're driving upwards of 100 miles an hour on a toll road. I'm not because I'm safe, wink. But it, <laughs> even at that speed, you're still like, holy shit, this has been by my side for like a good 25 30 seconds. It's humongous. So, yeah, I'm. I'm curious to see what it looks like inside that place, but I don't think they're done with it. They're still doing construction. I think they're actually building Teslas on one side of the factory and still doing construction on the other side. That's how big it is. Is like they can continue to do construction and keep adding on to it while they're like, we're going to build these electric cars. It's actually, so that road is where I found out that my truck had a, had a limiter on it. That I can't oh, go more than oh, yeah. no. I can't go more than 100 miles an hour in my truck. And I found out actually the day that I got my truck. So the day that I got my truck, uh, February 13th, 2014, uh, I drove my truck down to Corpus for a conference and went and took that road and didn't realize I was going 100 miles an hour on that road because as I was hitting like hitting 100, I could feel like my uh, 
accelerator just like pushing back at me like hey yeah, buddy, yeah. let's go down a little bit <laughs> and like i looked down and i'm like holy shit i'm driving 100 miles an hour right now but like that road you, you don't feel it at all mm-hmm. it's so weird mm-hmm. it's weird, it's so weird. Uh, for those that are listening that is our that is our philosophical one jason and it's been a while so jason first and foremost surprise <laughs> If you've been listening for a while, you know. If you know, you know. Jason, how have you been, my friend? Shit. Not like I was in, during that moment right there. Yeah. Uh, for the French fries who don't know, that's when I got my very first and only eagle uh, playing golf. And I just so happened to get it on my GoPro, kind of. Uh, and yeah, it was good times, man. It was a, after the turn on at Waterview and Rowlett on 10. I shanked a drive to the right into the bunker and then eagled it right out of the bunker so two shot that one it was i'd lose my mind too yeah, yeah absolutely great times yeah patrick teed that up for for us earlier <laughs> and i said you got to play that the moment we introduced jason on so i that, love that it. thank you guys that was that was flawlessly. great i actually told somebody about that the other day like uh one of the guys at my work, he was like, hey, do you guys know that we kind of get a discount over at Waterview? I was like, yeah, man, actually, that's where I got my first eagle. And then I proceeded to like try to pull up the video. Uh, he was like, oh, hey, uh, go see that over Carrie Ann. She cares. I was like, oh, all right, dude, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Good times at work. So other than that, everything going well? I mean, it's like I said, this is it's it's been a couple weeks. I mean, we did a live watch along, which was fun. Uh, but what what else? I mean, it feels like we've we've been away for a while. Yeah, Friday I scored a goal with the pylons. Uh, hey now. got the very first one, put us on the board. Hey now, I uh, found the back of the net on D Town. That was cool. Ah, that was pretty cool. Pretty cool. There you go. Got one of their jerseys. Uh, represent. Yeah, they're pretty cool, man. I dig all of them. They're all super yeah. We talked to them. We'll, we'll have to see if we can get them on. Uh, get a couple of them on the show because we've talked about it before. They've got some skaters, dude. Like one of them just like, I mean, we were up four to one. I think it was like towards like three minutes left in the game. And she like, I'm just trying to not run up the score and just try to make some solid passes right at this point. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also like skating extremely slow because we had a short bench. We were down to like nine skaters or something like that. Yikes! It was a fucking rough night. But Mm. yeah, like she hauls ass like she's fucking four three maybe and she just like <laughs> and like that's on skates so <laughs> Gee, low center no i'm just kidding no 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 no. she's much taller than that but no like she's hauling ass and like she comes like underneath my arm like between my stick and my so in my stomach and she just yanks this puck from underneath me and then uh skates coast to coast with it and almost buries it but it's just a bit outside but not on my watch just a bit outside just a bit outside i wonder what gave you the edge there i wonder if it has anything to do with how you arrive to the rink that's what i'm wondering about i definitely arrive with a little bit of extra swagger because of the great people over at conway and banks.com when i walk into the rink i've got that beautiful bag on me with those huge uh removable organizers that keep all your stuff organized and uh keeps everything dry with those waterproof materials and mm-hmm. that alone steps up my game because my gear never smells mm-hmm. anymore uh, unless I shit in it. Uh, <laughs> Which I we would not. Ad- we don't no. advise. Please don't poop in your Conway yeah, and Banks bag. Amber Heard did not come and Hi-oh. poop in my Conway and Banks bag. Uh, 
but I've got it in that lamp, uh, the gold lamp red. It's one of the three different sizes and colors that they have. Uh, go over to conwayandbanks.com, hit up the links in our bio, use that link, go to conwayandbanks.com, get your 10% off by using code WHATAHOCKEY10, and get your gear to the rink in style. Beautifully done. Yes, yes yeah. Beautifully we got drops, baby. We're yes, evolving. Man. We're basically in the chart. What is it? Value. We were Charmander at the beginning of the season. Now we're uh Charmeleon. We're not Char Chor, yeah, Charmeleon, Charizard next. Watch out. Oh, buddy, uh, by the by the end of this, oof. we're gonna be blazing it up. <laughs> like a Pokemon. Exactly. Kids, like, Charizard. like Pokemon. Yeah. No, we're gonna be blast toys. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, blast. Yeah, that's true. That's more like me on Friday night after the, the uh, Stars Ew. Calgary game. Ew. We're getting there. We're getting there. Hey. Yes, oh, yes. yes, let's go, baby. Man. Grip it and rip it, big dog. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> Your weekend, a, dude. Weekend was a, it started off with a, with a bang and then it simmered with a slight fizzle on Sunday night. Uh, was very, very lucky. Want to say a huge thanks to my buddy Chris uh, and his wife and got to see uh, their kiddo uh, witness the first ever hockey game of their life. Yeah, so it was awesome because Scott Wedgwood, if you haven't seen, which I have a whole conspiracy theory about this uh, with his mask, which which I'll get into it towards the end. But uh, Wedgwood tossed a puck up to her. She grabbed it, had a fantastic Friday night, got to catch up with some friends. There was a ton of people at the game. Uh, it was awesome to see just everybody out and about, uh, except for those in Calgary gear, uh, which I will not name them because they don't deserve it. That's extremely rude of them to do. No, you, uh, you don't treat them right. No, no. They're great friends. They're great people. But on that night, not that you're night. The Things, yeah, you're the enemy. Sleeping with the enemy. Sleeping with the enemy. But yeah, everything's been going crazy uh, in a good way. Obviously, with the uh, the end of the season, kind of took a long uh, sigh of relief a little bit because we've been running and gunning pretty much since, God, when I guess the draft, we've been going nonstop. Let's be real, boys. Like, we've been killing it, uh, which, you know, we'll, we'll go through our thank yous in a little bit, but I'd be remiss. That's a that's a throwback. Uh, if I didn't say thank you to the guys over at Sauce Toss as well, SauceToss.com, code word, Water sauce for ten percent off your entire order. Hashtag bags for beauties. Get you that summertime game. It's time. Sauce it over the pool. Sauce it. It's in better the- than cornhole, man. It really is. It's better at this than point. cornhole. Less dust because you know what those cornhole bags, they get dust everywhere. It's quite quite obnoxious if you ask me. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 sure that we'll see sauce toss on uh, ESPN two alongside you know cornhole because that's a thing. Uh, yeah, the STHL. Yeah, the STHL. Toss, I like that. Toss, toss, p- we'll, we'll pitch it over to him. We'll pitch it over to him. Uh, but we got some exciting stuff going on. Um, you know, we've we've teased a website which is definitely still in the works. Uh, no timetable on it, but it's the off season, so we've got time for it. We've got an interview lined up for next week. Don't want to drop it yet. We'll, we'll we'll probably post something about it and get the people fired up. Uh, gets the we'll people be, going. Gets the people going. And then tomorrow, uh, water hockey is going to be. Coming live from the Cut X is what we're going to start calling it, Event Center in Allen uh, for a major announcement. If you guys are hearing this now, the announcement came out yesterday. So this is going to be kind of a Doctor Strange multiverse of madness kind of thing going on, which was good. I'll give it six out of ten. There's a lot of room for improvement. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so the whole reason that we're doing this, obviously, we were a, a bit 
a bit emotional, a bit upset. A bit is an understatement. Yeah, I was ready to call it quits uh, on on just give like trying. Uh, honestly, it was it was <laughs> it was pretty brutal uh, to sit there and watch. Arguably, one of if not the most stellar goaltending performance, not just in the playoffs, but of of all time. I had people that don't watch hockey texting me saying, "I don't watch hockey," but and I was like. Welcome, babies. In the meantime, here's a podcast. Uh, but yeah, the what Dallas Stars. Like 62 shots, 67 shots or something like it that? It was upwards of 70. It was upwards of 70. It was 67 total shots, 64 mm-hmm. saves. So the Dallas Stars, led by Jake Ottinger, fell short of round two in the Stanley Cup playoffs with a series finale of four games to three as the Calgary Flames advanced to give all Canadians their wet dream of the Battle of Alberta. In parentheses, aside from Toronto, I would have to guess. This is where we're going to dive into it. Battle of uh, Ontario with uh, Toronto and Ottawa? As long as Toronto is part of the equation and anything playoff related, no. (laughs) Something, they had to have done something to somebody somewhere to get this kind of bad juju around rumor them. has it that they built that stadium on an Indian burial Indian ground. Burial ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was just about to say, and is I that think, where they built it? Yeah. And I think they also contrary to popular belief, uh, Jimmy Hoffa is not buried at giant stadium. <laughs> He's buried in Toronto there. So a uh, double whammy. They're and, probably fighting, mm. uh, fighting each other. And I think Johnny from Toronto made a deal with the devil for a golden fiddle, but he lost. So he actually yeah. was like uh, any shot at Toronto's hopes for uh, making the Stanley cup appearance ever again, or winning a playoff series ever again. Matter. Three, three strikes. Yeah. You're out. Yeah. You, you got to get through one before you can uh, discuss bringing home the cup. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's get yeah. out of the first round. Okay. Yeah. Let's not be I the really Capitals, thought, okay. First I really first. thought they had it. Really thought they had it. I wanted them to do well for Jason Spezza and also for just Tampa Bay to be miserable because they deserve it. We're I'm sick of Tampa. I'm sick of Tampa Bay in football. I'm sick of Tampa Bay in hockey. Uh, I'm sick of Tampa Bay in baseball. I just nothing. Nothing about Tampa Bay sounds attractive. Uh, but you know what? That's not why we're here. We are here because we are a we're Texas not a Tampa based, Bay. We're not a Tampa Bay podcast. We're a Texas-based hockey podcast, and we are going to talk about your Dallas Stars, our Dallas Stars. Uh, so, Patrick, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you first. How how are you feeling about the overall playoff performance? Because I know you have some some feelings. Oh man, it was about what you would expect if you watched more than a handful of games from the Stars this year. Uh, lots of ups, lots of mostly downs, team mm-hmm, looking really mm-hmm. good, and then team looking like poo-poo, which, uh, you know, a day, day that ends in Y, who knows what the result is going to be. It's different every time. So, <clears throat> ultimately, not too surprising. Um, without Ottinger, we probably lose in five, I would bet. I don't, I don't even know if we make the playoffs. Oh well, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, but no playoffs there without Ottinger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sucks, but ultimately, it, even if we skated past Edmonton somehow, 
Um, I think Colorado's going to run through the West, personally. They're just stacked. So, uh, you know, we can't, we're kind of delaying the inevitable. Mm-hmm. And I was disappointed, but it's not the end of the world. We're, uh, I was, well, I was going to say we'll get rid of bonus, but who knows? Oh, we'll be point. jumping into that we'll very get there. soon. Very soon. Jason, you, you, you always like to play devil's advocate and are a bit more of the optimist, uh, in, in this, in this little trio. So how are, how are you feeling overall? I, I think internally, I feel exactly like Patrick, uh, with delaying the inevitable. Uh, there was no doubt about it. Colorado was more than likely going to wipe the floor with us. But that being mm-hmm. said, the Stars are always a team that will surprise you. They're mm-hmm. kind of that Cinderella team, I feel like, at times. They're like, oh, uh, it's just it's just Dallas. Move along. We'll be at, You'll be done soon, right? But like, like that's kind of what happened in 2020. Uh, we definitely showed up and showed out, but also we were scoring goals then. We're not yeah, so much that's scoring the real goals. Kicker. Yeah, we're we're not so much scoring goals here. I, I what were the? I think the total was Ottinger gave up twelve goals over this series. I was mean, that, I don't have the yeah, I don't have the stats pulled up in front of me. Sounds right. Sounds, sounds right. I mean, it was his over seven games. Yeah, twelve goals over seven games. I think is what the the number is. I could be wrong. Somebody fact check me. Uh, on it uh but whatever tweet it tweet it yeah tweet us uh on friday whenever you you hear this okay yeah uh correct me then but definitely like it was something ridiculous like that you can't you can't expect your goalie to put up that performance and then you not be there to have his back like what kind of shit is that Uh, i mean obviously we found out later that tyler sagan was playing with a broken foot which was Mm -hmm. fucking wild to me but yeah dude it's just uh, score some goals. Yeah. Do your job. Uh, it's it's really tough to I mean, I I want to give obviously, you know, Sagan the benefit of the doubt, having a broken foot, not playing 100%. He I think Sagan played far and above what he was expected this season. I I I have to commend him. Uh, yeah, there's Jamie definitely ben, some flashes of like Boston Tyler there. Yeah, like, Jamie Ben opening up the scoring Um, but I think, and this is something that we have literally said probably 30 times this season, when you take up so much of the cap space for an NHL organization, you need to produce Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. These kind of guys are the kind of guys that they put the team on their back. Connor McDavid, prime example. Greg Jennings, I put the team on the back. (laughs) Dude, put people on the back. Connor McDavid literally won the game for the Oilers to go to the second round to have this battle of Alberta. Um, but yeah, when you, I think it's like 24% of your cap yearly goes to two guys. I, I, I'm not going to place as much blame on Sagan as I am on Ben because Sagan came off what usually is a career questioning injury and then a broken foot. Ben, has been healthy. He really hasn't missed much time. He is the captain of this team, but I think as the captain, you have to do something. I don't know. This is where the gray area sets in for us, I think, is a show because we don't know the back 
you know, the ins and outs of contracts and things like that. So I don't know if he can literally go to Jim Neal and Tom Gillardi and say, hey, I want to restructure my contract to where you guys pay it out longer. And we take less. Get the Bobby Bonilla treatment. Yeah, Bobby Bonilla it up. Because I feel like as a captain, that's what I would I would want to say, listen, I have made my money. I'm going to make my money. I'm going to continue to make my money. I have a marketable face, a marketable name. As long as I'm in the city of Dallas, got abs. I've got abs. I'm not going to have to pay for shit. So let me restructure it so we can put money towards other guys. So that being said, neither of those two guys were on your top scoring line. Your top scoring line was broken up by someone who really should honestly be out of a job. Technically is right now, but not have a job going into next season. Um, so I, I wrote this next question down. Who was your playoff MVP question mark in parentheses? Duh. I think we can all agree that it's, it's Jake Ottinger miles, miles ahead of anybody else. Um, Joe Pavelski had a great series, I think. Yeah, I was going to um, say, if if we're leaving out the obvious, mm-hmm. I think it's between, I mean, Robo kind of wasn't too much of a factor here. Like no. early on a little bit, no. uh, there were some flashes, but uh, I don't recall any goals Mm-mm. throughout the no, series. I, yeah, I don't recall. One. It if was we're not like talking, in game one or two. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know, Robo had like one or two goals. But I want to say if we're talking about MVPs outside of Ottinger, Pavelski and definitely Michael Roffel. Yeah, especially yeah, Ruffle, was, Ruffle is my pick for sure. Yeah, Michael Roffel played. And then just that quote that we posted on our Instagram and our socials where he was like, it's game seven. It's going to be a war. I love it. Like That's the yep. mentality I want in my players. And that's and, like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I mean... I, I definitely I saw it there like uh, for game seven. I really did. Like they, they put up a hell of a fight, um, but for whatever reason, just couldn't beh- get it behind the goalie there. Couldn't get it behind Markstrom, man. And there were so many opportunities to a couple bad bounces, uh, but it was just, I mean, Pab's definitely stepped up. And, and I think if anybody is deserving to wear that C after this season, you got to give it to Pavs, maybe, but for some I mean, senior leadership. I think Pavs is going to be wearing an A next season. I don't think we can realistically give him the C because he's only on a one-year contract, and who right. knows what happens after that. I think he's going to be more of a team-friendly guy where it's going to be a year-to-year, uh, but for him and for his family and for the team, it was smartest to do a one-year contract. Um, I could see someone like Robo wearing an A and then eventually stepping up to that C but yeah, Miro. I mean, it was, yeah, Miro, Miro another yeah. kind of guy. He's a quiet leader, much like Ben is, very one-line kind of guy. Um, but realistically, if you look at this team and you see what they did, it was Raffle and Pavelski really driving a lot of those, uh, you know, scoring chances. The aggression really came from Raffle, which I was extremely surprised, uh, but very pleased about because that's just not the kind of player I thought he was going into this series or this season. Um, and And seeing him kind of, jump the ship a little bit and say, this is going to be a dogfight. So we got to get physical and I'm going to take advantage of it. But yeah, he was of, playing well before he got headshot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which he was out game seven with a, a, a leg injury. Thanks to that lower um, body injury, yeah. lower body injury, quote unquote. Let's real quick before we kind of dive into more of the media farewell day, which was today again, Tuesday, as always Thursday release, you guys know the drill. Um, Rupe hints. Called out right before game seven. It was literally a game time decision. 
I'm curious to hear more on it because all they released was it was an oblique treatment that went wrong or he didn't react well to it. So that was really concerning. That felt because, I mean, that's another that's your uh, that's a third of your top scoring line gone. So that's something and I'm not making excuses because obviously Calgary, they won. We pushed them literally to the limit um, and and some going into overtime. Uh, But it's really frustrating. And it took a shot from Johnny Gaudreau that literally no goaltender on the planet is going to save. Mm-mm, no, that was there was that was it, he. I don't know how many tries it would take him to do that again, but that was just an incredible shot from him. Like, yeah, you, I mean, you can be disappointed that you lost, but you can you cannot be mad about that goal. There's no he just placed it literally perfectly. And, and aside from him, I mean, you in a series like this, you have to take shots at the other team through interviews and try to get in their head. I can't be mad at Johnny Grudeau. Like he is a phenomenal player. He is finally getting to kind of showcase his skills on the next level in the playoffs. Matthew Kachuk, hate him. If you want, I would kill to have a guy like him on the team. Really the only person on that team I can't stand is Milan Lucic just because he wears his shoulder pads and he looks a lot like a guy named Shrek Um, and Quasimodo dude is just absolutely disgusting looking. That being said, I can't Zadorov. Be... Yeah. See, Zadorov, I don't think he knows where he's at because Ben has beat the brakes off him before and I think really rattled his insides. <laughs> so I don't even think Zadorov knows what... Yeah, I think he still thinks he's in the KHL in Russia. He has no idea what's going on. The guy looks like an absolute doofball with nothing going on from the neck up. But now we can kind of get into what's next, what happened today with the uh, the media and the goodbyes and everything. Um, Sagan, obviously, like we said earlier, fractured his foot in game one, played all games thereafter. So, I mean, you can't ask or question his toughness after that series. So, oh, I do want to say one more thing, too, before we get into the quotes from these guys. Uh, Huge stick taps to uh, Ty DeLandria, who was basically called upon as one of the Black Aces there in game seven because of Rupe Hintz being gone and basically getting thrown to the Wolves so to speak, and getting his first ever playoff game played really well. Yeah, I was going to say, he showed up. Like, he really showed out up there. All of the young kids showed up. They did, and it, but it also kind of frustrates me because you look at how well he played in that opportunity. That, t- if I'm remembering correctly, was his first action, if not, like, maybe his only other time playing this entire season for the Dallas Stars. He spent a majority, if not all, of this season with the AHL Texas stars and you see the spark he brings. And what also kind of was apparent to me is how much harder Jamie Ben played with Ty Delandria. We saw that a lot last season in the COVID shortened season. Ty Delandria and Jamie Ben are a very good tandem to have on the ice together. It's kind of like a big brother, little brother thing. I think that's kind of what they had with Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan, but Tyler Sagan has now grown fully into his own, obviously and is a superstar in this league, um, maybe even surpassing Jamie Benn in a lot of ways. But Ty Delandria is the perfect guy to shoe in and have that little brother style. Uh, Ty Delandria, one game this season, December 14th against St. Thank Louis. You. Went Thank you. minus one and took one shot. Had 10 minutes on the ice. It's interesting that you say that Jamie's paired up with him and looks good paired up mm-hmm. with him. Because Jamie has fought for Delandria. 
I think the Zadorov fight. At least, fight. On, at least on two occasions. I know I think one it was for the, sure. Yeah, the Zadorov fight was one of them. That fight that we posted on our Instagram and our socials. Go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Wada Hockey and on Facebook too. Yeah, that fight I think was a subsequent fight because of a hit on Delandria. Yeah, and Delandria probably asked for it in some capacity. Mm-hmm. He he has a little Corey Perry in him, I think. But I I agree. Uh, I so- I would like to see Delandria get more consistent playing time. He may not be the biggest producer. He may not be the best or the fastest skater, but he does bring that edge that seems to be missing from a lot of the guys. I mean, at the very least, it keeps the young guys on their toes. Like, hey, this is what's coming up. I have to fight for my job because this is what's coming up behind me. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I, I mean, as long as you're continuing great. to light a fire on their ass, you know, you can. Yeah, I really want to see more of him. But, you know, w- there is plenty of time for us in the offseason coming up here to talk about all of these younger guys getting the call, maybe getting that, which a lot of people are going to start saying, you need to trade this and, da, 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 and sign him and trade that guy for that guy. And it's like, I get where you're coming from, Stars fans, sweet French fry babies. But you have to remember, there are a lot of Jason Robertson style guys knocking on the door saying, I want to give my shot. Maverick Bjork, that's one of them. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So let's dive into the quotes from the day. We're going to use our homie, Matt DeFranks, uh, Taylor Baird of Defending Big D, I think it's what it's called. Uh, Tons of media outlets on the media farewell day. Uh, Patrick, this is probably going to trigger you. Trigger you, so so buckle up and get the yeah. uh, get the old white wine ready because Rick Bonus via Matt DeFranks at the end of the year, I could have three more years if I want to retire. I'm still going to retire. And then on being a head coach versus being an assistant coach, Bonus said, "If I want them, the options will be there. For the love of God, go home, Rick." Uh, on Jim Neal regarding. Roger. This dude is yeah. very confident that he can do whatever he wants when he has exactly zero success to show for literally anything in his career. I mean, that's fair. And and we'll get into it a little bit more, too, because I think he over I think he exceeded expectations. I know that sounds crazy, but points wise, this stars team, even with the one of the worst goal differentials, it's was the worst goal differential in the playoffs, but one of the worst goal differentials, period. We had over 90 points. We almost broke 100 points. And if we're in another another division, we're not a wild card team. We're fighting for that third and second spot. So I'll give him that. I'll give him that benefit of the See, doubt. But And that's what people fail to realize, I think, a lot of, is that we were like a top six team in the NHL, like with those points like that. We're, we're one of the top ten for like sure. Was, yeah, I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but yeah. one of the top ten. And, so, and, yeah. Look, People do need to cool the brakes with it a little bit. Uh, I totally get it. It does seem like he has lost a little bit of the edge and can't get some of the top people to produce. But I think it kind of goes back to what we said about contracts. Like if you're a guy like Sagan and Ben, if you're getting paid that much, dude, you better be producing. Otherwise, you better start taking pay cuts so we can pay people who can Mm -hmm. produce. And I don't think, like I said, we don't know the ins and the outs. We don't know how structurally it works for them to be like, hey, you know... (laughs) We're just three dudes who... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're from Texas. North Texas. How are you? So a couple more quotes, though. Jim Neal, 
Uh, I need to sit down with our ownership group and talk to them about the plan moving forward. And we'll make that decision from there. I'm hoping in the next five to six days, we know what direction we're heading in. And then Neil on bonus specifically, he said he's handled it. He's done a great job. The players respect him. He's handled the situation very well. We had 98 points this year, and that's a pretty good year. So he's done a good job, but as I said, we'll sit down with everybody and reassess everything. And speaking of Jim Neal, before we really kind of go on to this, he said he would be sitting down with Tom Gallardi, the owner of the team, in the next five to six days. As I said, it is of note that Neal's contract is coming up on its last year going into this next year and mentioned regarding his day-to-day, its status quo, and we'll go from there and also added on Rick Bonus, his contract is done, end quote. Uh, so it's kind of weird to say this right now. But the Dallas Stars don't have a head coach. Neither do the New York Islanders or the Vegas Golden Knights, which is just a trash organization. They don't know how to treat the cap. They don't know how to treat their people. uh, And they damn sure don't know how to treat their coaches. So, Dude, that is incredible. You miss the playoffs once as the head coach of an expansion team and get fired? Yeah. I'm... and you wonder why their fans are so fucking spoiled. I, we could go on for hours on what is wrong with that organization from the top to the bottom. But it's just... I mean, that's just embarrassing. It is. And I feel bad a little bit for the fans because, yeah, they're kind of ruthless uh, as far as like being around for the most part. But they're about to go into some shit. Um they're just not going to be able to get anybody to stick around. They can't afford it. They're going to ask players to start stretching their contracts or taking smaller contracts and pay cuts and things. Regardless, we're, 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 we're a Texas hockey podcast show talking about the Dallas Stars. It isn't the consequences of my own <laughs> actions. <laughs> so a couple of other things. Uh, news regarding John Klingberg. No surprise because he's really been saying it all season long. He wants to stay. And I quote, at the end of the day, I always want to stay here. This is the only team I've been talking to, obviously. With Jim and on our side, we've been trying to find different ways to get it done, year length, money-wise, just trying to get something we're both happy with, but we haven't been able to do so. So like I said, I'm going to sit down with Jim here this week to see where we're at. He's going to talk to my agent too, obviously, and I'm going to talk to my agent as well. But I'm standing right here, right now today, and I really don't know what is going to happen. Um, sounds like a free agent. Also sounds like somebody who wants people to think he's trying to stick around. So whenever it doesn't happen, he doesn't lose any friends about it. Like, hey, don't don't hate me here, man. I tried. I wanted this. Thing. I, I think I think people see that. I could see that. But I also I also think he actually probably does really want to stay here. Well, right. I mean, he I think he got married while he's with Dallas. He had his first child while living in Dallas. I believe he has a second child on the way in Dallas. So your family is implemented in Dallas. So I see that. It's a lot like with Jason Spezza right now with the Toronto Maple Leafs and then formerly the Dallas Stars, which I think was a big thing for him not wanting to leave Dallas because he had kind of implanted his family here in the city. A lot of people, again, fail to realize, okay, cool. Like you may hate John Klingberg and you're probably sitting on your couch never skated a day in your life. But he wants to stay here. He's still a yeah, person. He doesn't want to go. If someone told you, hey, we're going to ship you off to St. Louis because we want to. Or, hey, so-and-so is calling from uh, Long Island. You got to go there for work. Like, 
he probably doesn't want to do that. And he's in the he's in the distinct position of being able to choose where he goes himself. He is to and to a degree, for the to most a degree, part. I think he obviously does want to stay here because you know, like we've just said, and he lo- he does love this city, and you can tell that he loves the fans, and he wants to be around, and he wants to contribute. I don't know, maybe contribute as a forward, switch him over. I don't know. Let's you want to get nuts? Oh, that'd you be get interesting. Nuts? Let's get nuts. Yeah, shake, shake it up it a little up. bit. Thumb in the <laughs> I would love to see some pads on him, you know, when uh, Otter's feeling like, "Ah, I don't want it today. Um, But I think the hate is always unmitigated. People be like, whoa, he's got the turnover ratio, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Shut up. Enough. Get over it. Just it's it's done. We're we're done with that. Every every offensive defenseman has a high turnover rate. And and it will never change. No, it won't. And that's kind of like the risk reward for it. Exactly. Like if you go like historically, it's it's a position where like yeah, you're primarily a defenseman, but uh, if I have the if I have the lane to like take some speed up uh, and put a puck on net, then you bet your ass I'm gonna fucking put yeah. a puck on net and hope you guys pick For up sure. the rebound. I mean, look at our power play when Suter was uh, attempting. I, I don't want to say running the power play. I want to say attempting to run it. Look at how poorly that went for us. Compared to when Klingberg runs it. Yeah. It's night and day different. Yeah. You you don't win a Super Bowl in the 90s as the Dallas Cowboys without Trey as your quarterback. If he Even if he wasn't the biggest of the big three, you don't do it without him. So, and I'm not saying that John Klingberg is on the same level as Troy Aikman when it comes to winning, because we obviously don't have a Stanley Cup yet, uh, keyword yet, but... It's it's frustrating because you know what we're moving on. We've already talked about this. I'm not giving people any more of this time because we've we've said all we need to say. I'd also like to say just one thing. I don't think it really applies too much to Dallas fans, but I know there are a lot of people that like we we shit talk bonus and the players' performance. I think it's important to recognize that at the end of the day, this is still a game, and I don't think Rick Bonus is a bad person. Just like I hope people don't think John Klingberg is a bad person. They're just... I they're think people John, trying I, to make their lives doing what they love. They're doing a job like... I don't really want people to critique how I do my job. But also, I'm not getting paid millions of dollars. So it's just kind of Correct. part of it. But at the end of the day, they're still yeah. people. Like, would I like Rick Bonus to fuck off back to Canada? Absolutely. But I also would like him to have a good retirement. Because he's still a human being. Yeah. Important important to note. I completely agree. So we'll see what happens with the whole Klingberg saga. Um, I, I hope I hope that with all the things that we have just said and the way that he acts about this city, um, if it does come down to him getting a bit of a or giving a bit of a discount, that it, it, it does work out for both sides. If not, um, I just hope he doesn't stay in the division. That's all I ask for and that's all I can hope for. Yeah. Um, so because then you'll really be wishing Klingberg was yeah, back. Yeah, especially when he's lighting it up. Because it will happen. It, he's gonna. He's gonna. It'll happen. Yep. So he's a free agent. And speaking of free agents, here's here's a a look at the notable. And I say notable. It's all of the unrestricted free agents that are going into this next offseason. Uh, Braden Holtby, Andre Sekera, John Klingberg, Nemesnikov, Michael Raffle, Radulov, and Scott Wedgwood. So those are your unrestricted free agents. We can get into the restricted free agents here in just a second because there are some very notable names in that bunch. Uh, so 
before we start, Stars legend Valerie Nichushkin just tied up the game for the Colorado Avalanche to make it one-to-one in the game one of the second round of the Stanley Cup because, of course, that's a thing that we have happen right now as we're recording and watching. Uh, Braden Holtby, in my opinion, gone. I mean, I don't see him coming back. Question about that. Go ahead. So do you think we bring Wedgwood back on almost league minimum deal, maybe a million dollars, and just kind of hope that Adam Scheel or Landon Bow develop enough to that they could fill in comfortably if they really needed to? Yes, and the reason, that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier in the episode. There is a bit of a conspiracy theory in my, in my head. Scott Wedgwood painted over the Arizona design that he had on his goalie mask, right? And he put what looked like a, just a very plain, simple sticker, uh, just a... Yeah, just, just black. A, a black helmet spray paint uh, with a sticker and the, the, the Stars logo, and that was it. But then he chose to go, and it's, you know, probably a couple thousand dollars, but it's still not cheap. I think it's that much. Oh, yeah. it's a, uh, Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty good. Oh, yeah, to get those masks. I don't know anything that. about it. So he goes and he gets the Stars painted on it which kind of like we talked about earlier, really sick design, Marvel from top to bottom, left to right, really cool Hulk, you know, Winter Soldier, very, very cool mask. What a nerd. Oh, absolutely, love it. His dogs are named Cap and Bucky. Uh, I don't know why I know that. Thanks, Instagram. I think I think he's already got the mindset and has talked to his agent and said, I want to come back to Dallas. Please make it happen. Him and Tyler Sagan, this was a big story when he came to the team, other than he lit us up and, uh, and didn't, yes. didn't let us score against the Arizona Coyotes uh, joke of a franchise. So I think based on that alone, he is going to come back. I, I really and truly think he's going to be the one that comes back. Now, lest we forget, <laughs> Anton Hudobin is still waiting in the wings, coming back off an injury. He's not, I don't think he's going to be ready for the season. Um, I don't know if I want him to be ready for the season because I think a healthy competition between Otter and well, I take that back. Otter is your starter opening night, but I think a healthy competition for that backup, that one B role between Wedgwood and Shield, uh, Bo, one of these, one of these other goaltenders, really young guys waiting in the wings, is something healthy and smart. Uh, and then when Dobby does eventually come back, he goes directly to the AHL. Um, I think you get a little bit of cap relief because of that. So we'll see how that works out. Um, but I think Wedgwood is your backup going into opening night of the 2022-23 NHL season. Um, and then what's really fun to me about this list is Nemesnikov, Raffle, and we'll get into it now, the restricted free agents, which are Gary, Garyanov, Studenich, uh, Otter, Cha-Ching, Robo, Cha-Ching. Uh, you can basically sign back Nemesnikov, Raffle, and student niche and still have two to three million dollars left over from Radulov's contract. I think he is 6.25, 6.24. That's coming off of the books going into next season. And you can easily shore up those three guys with just that contract alone. Um, so, but let's, let's get into it because now you have restricted free agents. Dennis Garyanov. Is he going to ultimately say Rick Bonus does come back? 
does somebody make an offer and match or do the stars match if an offer is made with that restricted free agent kind of uh, stipulation? Um, because we all know that there's some weird juju between Gary Onoff and Rick Bonus. Man, I think uh, I think we'll know in the next six days whether Gurionov is going to come back, and it's going to be predicated on Rick Bonus. Do you think that we're going to get an announcement on Rick Bonus that quick? I think I think that's what the article kind of said. We'll know more here in the next like week or so with yeah. Uh, Franks. Uh, yeah, but well, or we could be in one of those impasses of like we'll come back in five to six days because we don't want to talk about any of this for a good week before we dive back into it. No, I think I think we'll get the answer probably this time next week. This time let's say Thursday next week, I would guess. That's fair. I mean, it would be interesting. Uh I wonder if it's a, a, a one of those situations where let the dom- the dominoes kind of fall um with Trots or DeBoer like getting, you know, obviously cut by their respective teams and organizations and seeing if somebody else it, we also have to take into account i i don't personally think any decisions are going to be made while the stanley cup playoffs are still going on because who knows what candidates are sitting on the benches behind or behind the benches right now uh you know as assistant coaches or, or power play coaches or things like that um special teams coaches so i i don't think any of that is is predicated on the next five to six days and them sitting down. That's my personal opinion. I think we're not going to hear a single peep about what's going to happen until the the playoffs are are said and done, or at least the actual Stanley Cup is going on final. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree that we won't know about a new coach until then. I just Mm -hmm. think we'll know an answer on whether bonus is going to be back or not. That's fair. I guess it's a different situation because you do have a guy that is the coach of your organization, quote, unquote. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I, whatever. We'll, it's, 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 it's upsetting. So, but the really, <laughs> the, the, the intriguing, really is. the intriguing names though, are those last two. You have Jake Ottinger, who has solidified himself time and time again, uh, as the goaltender of the future for this franchise, as if we didn't know already, and you have yep. Jason Robertson, who is in all likeliness either your alternate or your captain within the next five to six years. Assuming that Miro is the latter of the two, or, or the antithesis of. So, how much and how long for these guys? Jason, I I know that you like to do a little bit of the cap friendly. Um, I have it pulled up right now. Because obviously they're not making a lot as it stands. So I'm more curious to know whether you guys think they are going to take like a bridge contract deal or just shoot their shot. Because as it stands, Jason Robertson's making $795,000 respectively. And Jake Ottinger is making (laughs) $925,000 respectively. Literally $100,000 more than Scott Wedgwood and Scott Wedgwood is making more than Jason Robertson. So Jason, if you were the front office, how are you approaching this and what let's not even get into money right now. How long are you offering these two guys? 
I, I'm just going to go ahead and straight, say it straight up bridge contracts all the way around. Cause you don't want to get in a situation where you're offering some guy, you don't want like a fucking a rod contract where you're offering some guy like 10 years for like $350 million, whatever mm-hmm, the hell it was mm-hmm. at the time. You, you don't really want that. And I, I think we're going to be seeing a lot less of it. A lot of teams are getting burned out on it. Not, they're just getting burned on it. You know, you pay a guy and then, oh, he has a season where he declined probably about 5%. And then, oh, the next season declined another 5%. The next season declined, 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 declined. You know, you yeah. know what I mean? So I think that's what we're going to see a lot of going forward. But I'm not too sure that this front office has put that together yet. Um, it seems like, obviously, I think we, we've got a, a lot of work to do with the team uh, to put us in, in back in contention again, realizing what's, what's going to happen, what the future is going to look like. But um, man, bridge this all the way because like I said, you don't want to get burned. I agree. I think a two to three year deal on both parts. I think the way that Jason Robertson has presented himself and the way that he talks about his style of play and his, just his overall uh, personality and his background it kind of caters towards the, and I mean, this is, this is really, this is how hockey is in general, but especially with, with Robo is the team comes first. The team always comes first. It always has come first. It always will come first, no matter what. So Robertson, I could realistically see Jim Neal and company, the front office and Tom Gallardi approaching him and saying, Hey, um, we love you. We want you around for your entire contract um, with the money, the way that it's set up right now. Can, can we work a two to three year deal? Uh, a lot like the Rupe Hintz contract, uh, which if you're listening, Rupe Hintz is making 3.15 for the next two years and becomes a restricted free agent uh, at the 2023, 24 season. So I think if you could do something like that with Robo money, baby, that's a great, great contract for both sides. Um, so since I kind of broke down that contract, Patrick, how would you break down Jake Ottinger's contract? Because that's the one where you're like, we don't want this guy going anywhere ever. Yeah. It's tough because I was just thinking a lot of this, if I was Jim Nil dealing with agents, every single one of these discussions would come with the caveat of give us time to get Sagan and Ben off the books. Right. And that's where the bridge contract would come into play for Ottinger as well. Although I might, I might based on that performance alone and the way he's played all season, I might go three, try and bridge him at three for 4 million a year for now. That's a lot for a young guy for now, but I think if he was to test the open market, somebody's going to throw a shit ton more at him. So I think you have to try and come at these discussions in a good faith sort of way where we want you to stick around. Our hands are tied for now. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can restructure Jamie. Maybe we can restructure say again. We want to put the pieces around so that you're not having to face 67 shots in a playoff game. But we need your help to try and kind of parlay our current cap situation forward. I mean, you hate to keep kicking the can down the road, but mm-hmm. with Sagan and Ben, their cap hit being what 
nineteen and a half million, something like that. Yeah, between I the mean, two of them. Yeah, over to, over uh, roughly twenty four percent of your entire yeah. cap goes to two guys. So you hate to kick it down the road, but there is at least an endpoint where, okay, we are master has given Dobby a sock. Dobby is free type situation <laughs> where thank God Man, we that was yeah, spot on <laughs> love Jamie love Tyler, but good Lord. Those contracts are are just atrocious. I, I just and it's only because of their productivity relative now if if sagan's scoring 20 goals and he's making four million dollars a year hey awesome that's pretty good production but you're making 20 you're making nine and a half ten million dollars and you score 20 goals you shouldn't make five hundred thousand or is that right math man yeah, i don't get five hundred five hundred thousand per goal almost yeah I mean, it's, and, I, they, and it's it's hard to blame him because he has been hurt so much. So I get mm-hmm. it. But also, it, it's a business and you're trying to win. You got to be realistic about it. I get. Yeah, and I agree. And and one of the things that I've and it doesn't frustrate me at all. But one of the things that I've seen a lot um, on on the Facebook threads and Twitter is, you know, Ottinger and Robo or the future. Uh, we just got to get through like this old guard to new guard babies. What are you talking about? Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan are short up for 24% of your cap until 25, 26. We're not anywhere close. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> this old guard going away. Yeah. And then mind you, we've got that old piece of shit. Ryan Suter until 25, 26 as well. That's Jesus another Christ, hindrance. That's the worst. That, somehow that might be the worst deal. It really could. A 35 plus no match cause? Get wrecked, Ryan. They need to do an intervention for Jim Nil. Because he needs to realize that you don't just tack on a no move clause to every single offer for no reason. Why, why so, would you not move if you had the chance? Why would you not move Ryan Suter a scene this year. Oh, wait, we can't because we mm-hmm. gave him a full no-move clause. Yeah. Fucking I'm, shit. I'm really... This is what scares me about this organization. And you look... This is the, this, the little ray of sunshine that I have outside of Jim Neal, who I think has drafted extremely well with that front office in the recent years. Obviously, Ottinger, Robertson, Heiskanen, guys like that. Uh, Essa Lindell. I mean, you've got guys that are Rupe Hints even. They're 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 pillars of your organization outside of you know Jamison Ben and Tyler Sagan. But at a certain point, you have to look at it and go, oh shit, are we headed down the same road that Minnesota Wild is headed down, where Bill Guerin comes in as a fresh face, as well, that quote unquote fresh fresh face manager, GM. And says, Zach Parise, Ryan Suter, thanks for everything. These contracts, we're buying you out. Good luck. And that's it. and it's crazy because you have two guys that you signed for gigantic contracts that you finally have to say at a certain point, this is no longer working out for our organization, and we would much rather lose out on 24% of our cap 
for the next couple of years and not really be able to give anybody any money outside of who we already are and hope for the best. And I'm seeing this where Jim Neal is coming up on his last year of his contract. If this goes awry and Jim Neal is gone, you bring someone else in like we've talked about, maybe not coach-wise, but like a Stu Barnes or Steve Ott that's been on the bench or, you know. Mike Madonna. Hell, even Mike Madonna. Bring him in as your GM. I'd love to see yeah. Mike Madonna. But then Mike Madonna pulls the trigger and says, Jamie, Tyler, thank you. Here's your money. There's the door. What if that's Mike Madonna's long con to get back at the Dallas Stars? He comes to be the GM only to take away our best players or our favorite players. Yeah. The only the Think only about it. Is, it could happen. Yeah, I'll take it. It could happen. But I do have hope in that, though, because if you do lose out on that, and this is all hypothetical years down the road, we have enough young guys in this system that we can keep around for a while to kind of weather that that shitstorm uh, of cap hell. And this is assuming the cap stays relatively in the same ballpark that it is now, which oh, next you year know it is. Yeah, with ugh, fire Batman into the sun. Did you know tonight before we kind of wind everything down and call this a uh, call this a season and, and move on to next week? Did you know that Gary Bettman thought it was a good idea to schedule game one of the Battle of Florida at the same time as the Miami Heat were playing in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals? I don't know how the rink schedules work or how that goes about. I know that they're basically saying, hey homies like this is what you got pick a day and we'll start and we'll roll from there but the fact that your two franchises in the state of florida were playing at the same exact time as the basketball team in miami blows me mind because that is just asking for your first game viewership to be absolutely atrocious so it's gonna be record-breaking fire gary bettman and one to the sun. You could fire him into the sun with a Lego cannon because he's so little. Can't stand how <laughs> stupid of a commissioner that guy is. Uh, but that's that's. I mean, we all knew that going into this. <laughs> that being said, I think there are a, a ton of things that can and will happen in the off season. But we'll we'll react accordingly. We will react accordingly. We will not be going anywhere. We will pick up right where we left off next week with an awesome interview. Um, but before we call this season officially closed, uh, what are your overall thoughts, Jason, on the season? And what would you give a grade to this? Or what grade would you give this season? And lastly, three-part question, bing, bing, bing. Did this season live up to your expectations? Alrighty, three parts. First one, give me a solid B plus for this season. Okay, room two. Uh, you take a full letter grow. You you take a full. Letter, oh my gosh, a full letter grade off for not being able to score. Like that is essential for hockey games, uh, for hockey teams who would like to win uh, a playoff series, a Stanley Cup. Hopefully, uh, you got to score goals. Fucking do that. And we'll talk next year. Well, I will reevaluate your uh, your essay whenever you turn it in after all the corrections have been made next year. Okay. I will adjust the grade as needed. What was the second part? Sorry. 
Well, I, the first part was, do you have any closing thoughts on the season? You killed it with the second part with the overall grade. Okay. So what are your closing thoughts on the season? And did it live up to your expectations for the last two parts? All right, I'm going to go with, did it live up to my expectations? Um, Absolutely. Uh, I've lived in Dallas my entire life. Dallas sports is something of a joke, if you will. Like when it comes to like true playoff hopes, a bitch. Uh, aside mm-hmm. from what mm-hmm. the current Mavs are doing right now, which we're not a basketball podcast, but we can talk about this later because it sure got the needle moving. Yeah, um, I'm just so used to high hopes and then just getting completely shut out by it. So did it live up to my expectations? 100%. Just like every other Dallas team has since 2011 has failed to, to prove me wrong. <laughs> So, okay. yeah, at this point, you just expect to lose yep. and be pleasantly surprised. Otherwise, I will take first round dec- exits um, for winning seasons. I don't know how long I continue to take them, but <laughs> uh, before you, you continue to pull the rug out from under me. But uh, overall, great season. I think uh, this team has shown some flashes of greatness to come uh, this the young players that we have coming up, Ty Delandria, Robo's phenomenal. Uh, the future is bright. So let's let's continue to move forward. We're going to continue to trek. I'm going to continue to say that next year this team will win the Stanley Cup, just like I say every single year that the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl uh. and that the Rangers are going to win the World Series, that we will go 162-0. and I, I just <laughs> I have high hopes for all Dallas sports. Uh, and I will continue to do so. Like I'm, I'm really not like a fair weather fan or anything like that. I, I will 100% stand by my Dallas teams, ride or die all the way. So that being said, let's fucking go stars in 22-23. I mean, okay. it's hard to follow that. That was beautifully said. You've always been the optimistic, insightful one. So you did not disappoint, uh, Patrick. Let's get let's get your your sassy synopsis, if you will, if it gets to that point. But closing thoughts on the season, overall grade, and did it live up to your expectations? So closing thoughts. Order number one, whether it's with bonus, whether it's with a new coach, the only thing I ask for is consistency. Mm-hmm. If we're consistently bad, fine. I don't think that'll be the case. But this, the reason I give this team a B minus on the season, I'll give them a B plus on the playoffs because we got some good experience for the young guys, especially Ottinger, mm-hmm. especially in a game seven going to overtime. That's invaluable no matter how you look at it, win or lose. So B plus mm-hmm. for the playoffs. Going seven games is a, f- a feat in itself. Right, especially as the wild card, yeah. Yeah, B minus for the season overall. Specifically because there was zero consistency, not only from game to game, but from period to period in some cases. Mm-hmm. First period coming out hot. Boys are buzzing, man, flying so around, too, hitting, hitting, crisp passes. Second period come out, and we're hemmed in our own zone for 18 out of 20 yep. minutes. Happened, yep. Throwing a couple stupid penalties. Who knows? It It changes so often. And once we start going down, once we started going downhill, here comes the line blender. The only consistent the entire season was 
Robo, Hints, and Pavelski, and Onger for the most part. Mm-hmm. He had a few bad games, but I mean, Sagan, Ben, Gurionov, I thought that was a pretty good line for a few games. Did we see him much after that? Not really. Studenich plays good three games, back down to wherever, or a healthy scratch. Radulov, Ben Sagan, let's run that line back out again for a combined age of 147 and 12 goals <laughs> between them. That didn't work. Let's run it four more games. Why not? It's it's just like, guys, we can't build chemistry with our lines. If you change them, the second things start to get slightly bad. Let them figure it out. Let the young kids play with the veterans and figure out where they fit into the system. I don't like the system myself, personally. I don't like Bones' answers of the offense will figure itself out, because clearly that's not the case. But my biggest gripe is letting them not letting them figure it out mm-hmm. give them a chance they've been i know you've been coaching for 117 years <laughs> first ever you were probably game. there at yeah you were there at the first frozen <laughs> pond i get it but dude they are professionals they know what they're doing they've gotten to this point they know what works within their play styles adjust your system even a skosh to oh, yeah. mesh with the oh, players yeah. that we have. It's all we ask for is a skosh. Oh, and the, and the other thing is fire laxed all into the sun. <laughs> Bones can come back and I'll, I'll be upset about it. And, you know, whatever. I'll bitch about it constantly. If we'll get over if laxed all is back, I will lose. You thought I would be upset about bonus. I will lose my fucking mind if laxed all comes back and we have whatever atrocity he wants to call a power play. He is the, he he is worse than bonus. And that's, that's fair. That's fair. That's unquestionable in my mind. He, he, he has to go. He's so bad. <laughs> All right. It was uh, a little sassier than I expected. No, I, but, I appreciate know. it. I mean, that's how we need to go out. Uh, yeah. yeah. You go out on top. So, uh, closing thoughts on the season before I give those, I just want to say thank you to, Every single French fry that has listened to even a minute of one of our episodes um, to all of the people that have put any time and effort into coming on, uh, talking with us, being a part of this. If you spent even a single penny or even if we just sent you a decal because you won a contest and you represented it or it's it's made your way or it's made its way onto one of your posts on Instagram. uh, Thank you sincerely from the bottom of all three of our tiny little hearts that have become ice cold thanks to this uh, sport of hockey. No pun intended. It's all directed at at Rick Bonus. But uh, just thank you, because honestly, we've been doing this now for, uh, what, this is our third, essentially our third playoffs. We've almost done it two and a half seasons because COVID and stuff. But uh, really, really, yeah, it's been wild. The calendar's all fucked up. Yeah, the calendar is fucked up. We appreciate every single bit of support you guys have given us. Uh, But closing thoughts on the season. Uh, (laughs) To pull a famous sports quote, we are who they thought they were. They are who we thought they were. We knew that there were holes in this, in this franchise that are still needing to be patched up. Um, Lest we forget. I mean, God guys, we started this season with like 72 goalies. One of which was Ben Bishop. Um, 
who obviously we hope sticks around the organization in some way, shape, or form. Um, Anton Hudobin, who played arguably one of the... Actually, you know what? Let's take a look at that. Ottinger and Dobby, in the last two playoff appearances for the Stars, have played some of the most lights-out goaltending for the Dallas Stars franchise in our existence, outside of Ed Belfour winning us a Stanley Cup and Marty Turco just being Marty Turco because he's Marty Turco. Um, So we've been very, very lucky in those regards. We've fallen short, and that's okay. Um, Overall grade, I'm going to give it a, a B, just a straight B because there is a lot of room to grow. Uh, And I think, like I said, if we're in a different division, we're looking at an A, like a B plus A grade. So uh, did the season live up to the expectations that I had? It did. Uh, We, I think we all said that this team was going to be at the very least a wild card team. And I think we all hit the nail on the head with that. I think we had high expectations going into the season I think the expectations were met. Um, I think they were literally a goal away from being exceeded, thanks to Jake Ottinger. Um, So it has been an absolute blast doing this with you guys again. Um, I know it sounds like we're going away for a long time. We'll literally be back next week, but we're going into more of an off-season mode. We're going to try and get some interviews pumped out for you guys. We're going to try and grow a little bit more. Hopefully have a website set up for you. Um, Hopefully have some more interactive stuff. Lots of fluff pieces. Just really schmoozing and boozing. Maybe getting some old faces back on the podcast along with some new ones. Uh, Try and get some more Ilvis content because you guys over in Finland are absolutely nuts in the best way. Uh, And then obviously with the Allen Americans – you know, they have been a fantastic organization to work alongside. I know the fans get frustrated here and there. And then with the news of Steve Martinson not having his contract renewed, obviously leaves a lot of people uh, in peril as far as that franchise goes. But uh, just thank you to every single person for sticking around. We're not going anywhere. Uh, and then, yeah, that's all I have. Patrick, uh, uh, for the last time in this quote-unquote official season, I feel like uh, it's time to let them know. Yep. Stay sassy. Did we lose Jason? I don't know. Nope. Jason. It's, sorry, it's I, a little I was, bit of a delay. Uh, I think sorry, I was it's, no, 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 there. don't cut this out. Don't <laughs> cut this out. I think Jason was crying. Um, I think he might've been crying. I think he was listening to uh, green days time of your life uh, on his side and was just <laughs> really just pumping the tears out. Uh, I did not. I did not uh, YouTube convert that on the fly. I'm terribly sorry. It's okay. We probably uh, would have okay, gotten dude. sued by him. Uh, I don't want us to get DMC eight. Also, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Jason, for the last time in the season, let him know, man. Just, just make it extra. Stay as moist as the tears that I just cried. Oh God! There it is. There it is. <laughs> and uh, don't for any reason even if your goaltender has the performance of his entire life and a lifetime of playoffs forget your karma tattoos i'll line that one up